1: everybody. Welcome to the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke, as always, on Tuesday. Uh, Fred, we just finished off the trade deadline. It was a really fun trade deadline. How'd it go for you?
2: I hated everything the Blue Jays did at the trade deadline. So. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I think trading Austin Martin's going to really come back and bite them down the road. Yeah. I, I, I just thought that was, I don't know, maybe I'm overrating Martin, but... I mean, and I'm not a minor league, massive minor league guy, but we had people talking when the Blue Jays drafted Martin that maybe he was the best hitter in that entire draft class. Like, he went fifth, but Torkelson went first, and I think pitchers went second, third, and fourth, and a lot of people thought he might be a better professional hitter than Torkelson, and I I don't know, I, I, I do know that prospects are overrated often but I don't know about, I think Martin's going to be really good and they're going to lose whatever they would have had seven years or six years or whatever it would have been to him for Barrios. Who's fine. He's good. He's good. He's not great. He's good.
1: What if, what if Barrios gets you into the playoffs though?
2: Into the playoffs and how far like into the wild card game? Because not enough for you, huh? No, no. So, and I know they have him next year. Uh, mm-hmm. If they had some plan to extend Barrios, maybe, and, lock him up for two more years or something like that i don't know then i could see it but i don't know i i I couldn't i actually was shocked and then to give up simeon woods richardson in the same deal who's a decent prospect himself i i thought that was excessive i i don't know i I, if it was just martin for brios i don't think i would have been okay with it so and then they got soria and brad hand i don't think brad hand's very good anymore he's okay
1: well we saw that yesterday he already struggled a little bit but all you have to do is watch him pitch, and you see him just nibble, nibble, nibble. Yep. and yeah, that that that's not a fun pitcher to watch. So you right. think Romano closes for them?
2: Yes, yeah, he's he's just better than hand. so I think he probably will. I think getting sorry is fine. They didn't give up anything for him. and uh, I don't know. it's it's like every fan, right? We all want our teams to do something at the deadline. Mm-hmm. And my team did, and then I hated it. Like I hated all of it. When they got hand, I was like, oh, hand, really. I think we careful what you someone, wish for. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, we could have got someone with less name value, but who's just as good of a pitcher. And, uh, the story I think is fine. It's, it's like inconsequential, but the, yeah, giving up Austin Martin, I know I had a problem with that and your reds didn't do much. No, and they na- didn't. A, and now, Oh, I asked you this question. I don't think you, re- you replied to me. So I, I'll, Not I'll, yet, ask no. it right, I'll ask it right now in front of everyone. Okay. If Fernando had Tatis had had that shoulder injury 24 hours earlier. Do you think your reds would have been more aggressive at the deadline or do you think they're just cheapskates and they wouldn't have done anything
1: cheapskates wouldn't have done anything probably uh, kyle, <laughs> well here's the thing i mean if you're going to address anything it's going to be shortstop but kyle farmer has actually been hot on you know?
2: fire like on yeah. fire yeah
1: so i i mean i i even though i think you can probably do better him than him in the long run you know the you know who knows what the Rockies were asking for for story for, right. for that matter. I mean, that, I think that's like the the key. I mean, you know, and Javi Baez obviously is not a good fit with the Reds. Uh yeah. so you know, th- there's just too yeah. much that's happened there. Um, yeah. that I, I just don't think that trading for him was a possibility. And the Cubs might not have been open to it. Baez might not have been open to it. He might, you know, so you look at it from that standpoint, and for that matter, Baez, you know, for all, all of his defense and his power, he's not a great hitter. He get mm-hmm. at least on base wise. He's not. So I don't know what the what the Reds would have done. I mean, what starting pitchers were available that they could have gotten? I mean, do, I'm not. I would have been hyped for Kyle Gibson, uh, maybe. I, Barrios maybe. Yeah, but look at the price in Barrios. Yeah, you know that's a year and a half of him. Granted, but still, you know the Reds have done that deal before. It didn't work out. All I mean, it, I guess it did work out. Bauer pitched great last year. Uh I don't know. I. I, to answer your question no. and again it's just to try to you know and there it's to try to get a wild card game a road wild card game against the second place n l west team mm-hmm. uh, I don't know i we'll see I, I i don't think that I don't think they should have uh gone that crazy I, I part of me was frustrated they were very quiet at the deadline, and then part of me was like, well, the one thing that they could have done is what your uh what you guys did what your blue Jays did and it was go get relief help two months ago that yeah. would have been much better
2: what about getting relief help now? Like what if they got Rodriguez? What if they got Ian Kennedy? Like they weren't too expensive or what if they got Kimbrell or something like that? You know, I, that was, that was my maybe move for the Reds would be add, say like Kennedy and Rodriguez. And now, now all of a sudden the bullpen goes from not very good to like kind of deep, right? We, been, we, yeah. Kind of well, deep without star power.
1: True. True. I mean, they did get Sessa. They did and And mm-hmm. givens who I actually think could be good. Me too. Um, and then Justin Wilson, who I think they had to take his contract to get Sessa. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's how that kind of worked out. But mm-hmm. uh, you know what? You know, and the thing is, you look at even Justin Wilson, who they got, who's having a really bad year. He, he's not any worse than Josh Oshich, who they had pitching the eighth inning of a key game against the Cubs last Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they actually kind of addressed it. But they also just they did half measures, which is what I tend to expect from this team. And that's what we
2: got. hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I get it. Yeah. And and they're in that half measures kind of realm. So yeah, Yeah, at least, at least you're still, you've got meaningful red baseball at least into August, depending on what happens with Tatis and the Padres. Padres are pretty good even without Tatis, but, but he obviously is the straw that stirs the drink over there. So yeah, I mean, mean, we'll see. I, I always say that this is a bit of a loser mentality. Maybe this is my Jays fan mentality coming out, but if I can have meaningful baseball until the NFL kicks off, that's pretty good. I guess, like, I know I want to win the World Series, but if I, I've had so many seasons with the Jays where I just don't care by the middle of July, that, or you know, if I could have meaningful baseball into September, that would be amazing.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I you- feel like as a
2: Reds fan this year, that's it. Stay within four games or something of of some sort of postseason spot, whether the Brewers stumble or whether they stay with the Pottery, stay within about four games or so, so that their games still matter through Labor Day weekend.
3: Yeah,
1: I guess it's because they raised expectation levels so high last year. Uh-huh. To see them not really pursue it that hard this year is what's so frustrating. But and the Reds reside in the NL Central where there's one good team. Uh it's the Brewers and there's the Cardinals are a mediocre team and the Cubs are are, are tearing apart now. Um you you reside in the AL East. It's a lot different. You know, you got yeah. three good teams there and the Orioles
2: for sure. And you're right. The Reds are probably thinking like this division is going to be wide open again next year. So maybe that we just play the long game and wait for a year where everything clicks for us. They've just got some guys this year who are having some really nice offensive seasons. Castellanos, Votto now, Winker. Yeah. Like They've got some guys having some nice offensive seasons now that Kyle Farmer kind of seems like maybe he could be part of the puzzle. Um, it's just a shame to waste them.
1: Yeah. Who would have thought that Kyle Farmer would be a better offensive asset than Eugenio Suarez at the beginning of the season? But here we are. (laughs) Um, That's just the thing. And, you know, they are going to get Castellanos back. They're going to get Nick Senzel back. They're going to get Mustakis back at some point. Um, In the bullpen, Sims and Antone, they will have reinforcements coming. I just Mm -hmm. don't like that that notion of, oh, that's our trade deadline acquisition. See, Uh, you know, and all that, because we've talked about that mentality before.
2: That's right. Every team's every team's getting some players back in August. Some more than others, but every team's getting players back. So, yeah, you're right. I, that, that doesn't hold water with me either. Yeah.
1: All right. Let's talk about some of the top news of the day. Garrett Cole tested positive for COVID. It's kind of kicking in a lot of places again. Here, Fred. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's you know, Trey Turner is going to be coming back soon. Josh Hader went on COVID IL yesterday too. Uh, those are two huge names.
2: Yeah, and the Garrett Cole one is really frustrating because it came out after Yankees players locked. Even even yep. if you have a versatile lineup lock like an NFBC, so you're now you're stuck with zeros from Cole for the week. I missed the hater. We had another family over for dinner last night, and I had all my lineups set at about 4 o'clock. They were 3.30 when they showed up, and then they left at like, I don't know, 8. And then after they left, I pulled out my phone and was just catching up, and I was like, oh, no. And so I'll be taking zeros in two leagues from Josh Hader Ouch. now this week. And at first, you know, you go through this denial where you're like, maybe it's just a close contact, maybe it's just a close contact, maybe it's just a couple days, and they get him cleared, and then you're like, nope, he tested positive. So, um, yeah, this is gonna be this is going to be an issue. It seems now. In America, going forward, Tur- like you said, we've lost Turner, Hater, and Cole now, all in the span of a week. Just as big, big name guys. And Yelich before that. But yes, too. Yelich to before that. So and when you take these zeros and when these leagues come down, we all have stories of you know my league was won by two RBIs, my league was won by one save. Um, some of these things are going to, going to you know sway some leagues. So, and there's not much you can do about it. We could have someone really really good test positive today or tomorrow and you're just stuck with them in your lineup at least if it's a hitter till friday and if it's a pitcher all week
1: yeah and you know we're dealing with uh just it seems like every day now it's it's happening we had a game postponed uh with the nats uh so you know they made it up the next day but you know we're, we're re- entering that realm again which is uh, a little frustrating thinking mm-hmm. that hey we're, we're over this no no you're not yep. No, uh, then th- that's aggravating here. Uh, in the case of uh hater. So Devin Williams is probably rostered in almost every single league. I haven't seen any places where he's available. I saw people picking up Brad Boxberger too, though. And I think, Bo- didn't Boxberger back into a save yesterday?
2: Yeah, he got a save. They sent John Axford out uh, in yep. the ninth inning, which would have been an awesome story, especially for me as a Canadian. Right. Um, I'm not sure if everyone, anyone knows that, but he, tr- he started this comeback quest by trying to help the Canadian team qualify for the Olympics, right. and so that's kind of cool and patriotic and whatever and then moved into the blue jays farm system and then i guess the blue jays weren't going to bring him up so the brewers are trying it it didn't work box came in and saved the day i think it could be box for 10 days he's got a lot of you know saves history it's been he's been pretty solid this year i can
3: right. easily
2: see them using him it, like for a couple more saves before Hater gets back. I looked in Friends and Family this morning, obviously, too late. Just like every time I try to find someone in Friends and Family,
1: I, um, I got the alert that Boxburger got picked up. But I was like, why? Oh. Right. Oh, yeah. Yep. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You were, that was during your dinner party, I'm sure. But, <sighs> Probably.
2: Uh, so yeah. I, I, I didn't even get anyone good in friends and family over the deadline. I was away at a hockey tournament with my son and the trades were flying and I was trying to do other things. And then I sat down that night and I was like, hey, I'll see what's available in friends and family from these guys. Oh, wait, nobody. Oh, they're all gone. Oh, everybody who was opened up from these trades for a role is all gone. Great. So, oh, well. Right. Nobody, no big deal.
1: Well, I mean, the thing is, there are still spe- safe speculation that can happen. Like the Rangers, we have yep. no idea who's going to close for them. I mean, you can go out and take Patton um, and make bad jokes. Uh, World war two jokes about which theater he was in and all that. <laughs> but uh, you know, as I did on Sunday, uh, but y- you know what, you know, it, others will emerge too. That's the thing. There's going to yes. be plenty of opportunities on these bad teams.
2: That's right, because I think the, the first, like we had, this wasn't like a big fab of Palooza last weekend, but it was a heavy, heavy fab weekend. Right. And, you know, a lot of us had bid groups that were 15 players deep and things like that. Um, but on the closer side, like you, for sure, like Kyle Finnegan emerged and, and, um, but, but you still had so many muddled situations. And now it looks like maybe Dylan Floro is going to get the first shot for the Marlins. Like he got a save last night. So Maybe yeah. he's got the inside track there, but but the truth is, like whether it's the Marlins, the Pirates, the Rangers, the Orioles, like a lot of these weaker teams, like they they may never settle on a closer this year, but the, the first guy they try in August after the deadline may not end up being the guy. So there yeah. are going to be other options popping up. They're just not going to be they're not going to be good options.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, although you never know. So all mm-hmm. it takes is one month, five saves. You never know yeah. that
2: could happen. Uh,
1: yeah. A couple of hits, a couple of homers. Uh, going back to the Brewers, uh, you know, so Boxberger did get a save. He actually threw more balls and strikes. It's funny. Axford kind of got yanked in part because his command was off. Uh, but Boxberger was a little bit all over the place. Boxberger actually has four saves on the year, and he's been pretty good this year. And so it's kind of funny about that. Uh, you know, a couple other things happened in this game, too. Eric Lauer got the win in this one, and they're kind of going with that six-man rotation. Lauer is actually pitching okay. 350 RA, 124 whip. Do you have any Lauer in your life?
2: I do. Actually, I think he's an interesting guy to bring up today. So I do. The Brewers are really interesting in that they've gone with, um, like you said, kind of a six-man rotation. Like they'll jump into six for a turn. Then they'll go down to five and maybe have Hauser piggyback, like when he piggybacked off Peralta yeah. for a turn. And they're kind of all over the place as they're trying to manage these innings. We know whose right. innings they don't care about, and that's Eric Lauer. Like he's, he's going to get his turns and whatever happens to him happens. I do have some Lauer. Uh, He's been really good lately, Uh, but it's not surprising at all. If you go back and look at his schedule, he's had like off, like arguably the most favorable schedule of any, that any starter has had in the last month or so. Um, So check this out. Last six starts three against the pirates, three out of six against the pirates. And one of the other ones at home against the Rockies, which is probably the best matchup in baseball, getting Colorado on the road. He had a home KC, So you get the Royals who aren't great offensively and you get them without the DH. And then he had a home reds. Um, and the Reds are much worse against lefties this yes, year. They are. Much, much, much worse than they are against righties. Which actually fits. emphasize that a
1: little bit more, please. Much, oh, yeah. much, <laughs> much, much worse. more. Much.
2: But when yeah. you look at Jesse Winker, who's still not can't hit lefties, and you look at Joey Votto, who's left-handed bat, and some players like that, like it makes some sense that the Reds are better against righties and 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 everything. So Lauer's been really effective lately, despite not striking out a ton of batters. Um, his walk rate's just okay. Uh, the schedule has been really favorable. I I think Lauer is someone more to rent than own right now, but yeah, he faces San
1: Francisco this weekend, so it's going to get a little bit worse. Right, Uh,
2: but if that went poorly, like you were already saying, like the NL Central is so full of soft landings right now, especially if you're a Brewer starter or a Red starter, you know, because the other teams are mostly the soft landings. So I would probably hold Lauer. Just assuming he's going to have a lot of favorable starts the rest of the way, but I wouldn't commit. Even though his he's got a 350 RA, that kind of screams leave me in the lineup. I don't think he's a leave you in the lineup type pitcher yet.
1: No, Forever. I agree. Forever. Yeah. Well, same thing is true with Brett Anderson. Uh, Shue and I picked yep. him up in the main event last week. He stole us two wins, which was awesome. This yep. week he gets San Francisco. I'm not touching right. that. So, yep. but that but uh, he's going to hang around on our roster. That's for sure. Hard to you know. Hard, hard to find good streamers. And if you know you can stream them later, okay, well, let's park him. In, uh, this, he earns a spot on the bench this week, but he stays on the team.
2: Yes. I think this is the year that we're seeing a massive difference between 12 and 15 team leagues with the starters, where yeah. in a 12, I'd say go ahead and drop Brett Anderson, go ahead and drop Lauer if he has a couple bad, you know, bad starts or if he has a couple bad matchups coming up. In a 15, it's like, oh, I'm going to drop Eric Lauer because he's got a couple hard starts coming up. Oh, okay, who are you going to pick up for him? Oh wait, there's no. Oh, what am I going to drop him for? John Lester? Am I going to drop him for Jay Happ? Right. I mean, there's, there's these terrible starters on waivers. I, I'd rather roll the dice with Lauer or sit out a couple hard matchups and use a reliever, and have him still around. Um, there's just no, there's hardly anyone to drop him for. An interesting thing about Lauer, he's been around. I feel like he's been around for a while because he made 23 starts his rookie year. He's only 26 and just barely 26. So like 26 in two months kind of thing. So right. he's younger than I thought. I thought. He was sometimes baseball players sneak up on me in the opposite direction. Um, and because a lot of them debut late or barely play in their mid 20s, and I think the guy's young and he's 29 or something. Lauer is younger than I thought, so maybe there is still some upside potential in him.
1: Yeah, it could be, it could very well be. Uh, our podcast is sponsored by WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks, I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet. The premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's Fancy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly fi- fr- interface, moneyline bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want to break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin at roulette. In Canada, they have like two extra numbers. Just, you know, it's one <laughs> of those things they have there. Right. <laughs> Double down and blackjack, yeah. slam the slots or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all Rotowire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke. Uh, Fred, uh, New York news, there's two, uh, you know, a lot of people got screwed by Cole. Other people got screwed by Brandon Nimmo, a late scratch uh, w- with an injury of his own, uh, which kind of screwed us, you know, especially because it came out so late. You know, they, the Mets played yesterday, kind of, uh, you know, I know I caught Shoe and I off guard. I think it happened, like the news came out about him getting scratched like right before the start of the game, a hamstring injury there he was list originally listed in the starting lineup. So it wasn't like even a case there. Okay. Well, we didn't know he was, you know, he he was, you know, we thought, okay, he's good to go. Said Kevin Pilar got the start. You know, he's really frustrating.
2: Brandon Nimmo got hurt. No way. Um, yeah, he was. I think I actually just was doing an article the other day and noticed I think he was third in the not surprising third in the majors in walks in July. So he, he's Brandon Nemo. He's doing Brandon Nemo things this year yeah. 422 on base. That's actually a career best, but he's always an on base guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and but he's not doing much else. He has two right. homers and two, he has two homers and two steals and, and
1: 15 RBI too. I mean, yeah, you're getting no yep. category juice from him. I, I <laughs> right. should have known better. Uh, I had him in a lot of places this year. Uh, I I cut him in a couple. I've had him in others. Uh got a, you know did have a, a Nimo related question. You never know. When you got a Nimmo related question, you got to answer it. Bang Bang Bowie says, "Should I drop Nimmo for Santander?" Yeah, I would. Santander, Santander is back from his uh COVID trip. You know, and he, he's he's nothing great, but you're just getting so little. If you're playing in an OBB league, it'd be one thing, but otherwise, I think you can I think he's a cut.
2: So I would say I would drop Nemo and just, but not pick up Santander.
1: Okay. And, you
3: know,
2: it's like easy to say. Someone I'll be like, well, then who would you pick up? Um, I don't know. Cause I, I can't see the waiver wire in your league. Uh, I'll give you an example. Jake Fraley just came back from the COVID IL. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about someone who does give check category juice. Um, Fraley has seven homers and eight steals. Um, I don't have that bat total in front of me. Oh, I do now 118. So compare him to Nemo. Uh, Fraley's at 118 bats this year. Nemo's had 153. Nemo's got two homers and two steals. Fraley's got seven homers and eight steals. So, um, I think Fraley Fraley also has a 416 on base. So, and he's widely available. I don't know if he's available in that particular league, but if Santander is available, then Fraley might be, I think Santander is still not fully healthy. He was really bad during July. Um, yeah. So uh, to me, the move is more about moving off of Nemo. And then I, I like, I like Fraley. If he's not available, I'd find someone else. And then I'd go with that guy. And if that guy wasn't working out, I'd try someone else, but it's more about moving off Nemo with Nemo. It's just, if you're a leadoff hitter in the national league, which he is, Um, and you don't hit any home runs, it's really hard to get RBIs. Like, basically, you get RBIs at that point at a rate of about one out of every 10 at-bats, which is exactly what he's doing. Like, that's your classic NL... Punchless leadoff hitter will have say 550 at bats and about 50 RBIs. Like you can't win every 10 or 11 at bats, and that's kind of what he's doing because because he's yeah. not hitting any home runs. So he'll score some runs and he'll so far help your batting average. If you're in an OBP league, you probably hang on to him. If you're not. I think, I think I'd be pretty comfortable letting him go. I just don't see, there's just not much upside here. He, and, and, and these aren't like, I know his powers down this year, but it was never good. It right. is one, one, one season with 10 homers in his career. He's never stolen 10 bases. It's just not, he gets hurt a lot. Like he's a better real life player than a fantasy player.
1: Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. I, I think the basic the take, the takeaway here is stream the spot. Yep. You know, And just until you, you find something that clicks you know, or, or you yep. just find good schedules. You can, you, you, you yes. try to work around it that way.
2: Yes. Especially cause we get later in the season and like, like I'll, I'll put some articles out in August for sure. Talking about how we're, we're, we start looking for Mr. Right now as opposed to Mr. Right. Right. And early, early in the season, you start to look at some guys and you're like, okay, well, he's not hitting well now, but he's good. I think he's good. I'll get him and we'll see how it goes. Now it's like, who's got seven games next week. Who's going yeah. to Balt? Who's going to Baltimore? Who's going to Colorado? Like, who can I stream this week? And I would just take Nemo's spot and just stream it that way.
1: Yeah, I would too. All right, uh, you could stream them with Joe Adele. You know, he just got go called ahead. up uh, by the uh, by the Angels. Finally, after much bitching and moaning by us and many others in the fantasy sports world, including you know over the weekend, like okay, okay, let's let's go Angels. What's going on? Mm-hmm. But they just waited an extra day just to tease us. So uh, okay. Are you interested in Joe Adele?
2: Yep. I think you have to be. I know the strikeout rate's a problem, but mm-hmm. he's played 73 games in AAA this year and has 23 homers. Like we're talking a homer every three games and he also has eight steals and he showed a bit of speed at times in the minors before. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're talking about someone who could hit a homer a week in the majors and, you know, that's like a 26 homer pace and throw in, I don't know, a steal every two or three weeks. Like so just even get the three steals the rest of the way, something like that. Uh, that would be pretty good. The question is, is can he hit for average because without trying not, you know, and not strike out all the time. Cause so far in his major league career, he hasn't been able to do that.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, See? The strikeouts are still there. 99 Ks and 339 plate appearances. At that, he was getting a little bit better recently, uh, <laughs> although I'm, I'm still looking at it, it's still pretty high. But the last 21 days down at Salt Lake, hitting 349, you know, slugging 683. He's just been slugging all season long. It just I just don't know why they waited so long, but looks like he's gonna, you know, especially when you look at what they've had in their roster the whole time there, uh, especially in the outfield A lot of Juan Ligueras, a lot yeah. of you know Adam Eaton and Phil Goslin out there. Uh, but Adele coming back kind of puts the screws uh, to Brandon Marsh, you know, a fellow Mm -hmm. prospect. You know, Marsh might have to sit a lot now.
2: Yep, absolutely. I mean, we'll see which way the Angels go down the stretch if they make it a priority to play these guys. But Marsh is hitting 167, and he had to get off to a good start. He hasn't homered. Um, You know, he he has a 488 OPS. I think he's going to sit. He might even go back down to the minors for a while. They put him back down two or three weeks get his confidence going, get him rolling again. Maybe Adele and Marsh are both playing every day in September. We'll wait and see. But I do think Adele is up to play. Um, I also, I thought a bit about Adele this morning before we started. And I thought, um, so if I was winning my league and batting average mattered to me, I would steer clear of Adele. If I'm in fourth or fifth or sixth in my league, I am all over Adele because he's the kind of guy who, if it, did click if he could right. hit 260 the rest of the way maybe he hits 260 maybe he hits 260 with 10 with 10 homers right so right you know so, so I think I think that's the thing with Adele if you're winning your league maybe you're a little tentative because you don't want him to ruin it if you're not winning your league this is the kind of guy to go for as opposed to for example we were just talking about Brandon Nimmo like if you're trying to move up from six to, to get in the money like Brandon Nimmo is not going to help you get there
1: no no, it's not. Um, yeah. I, you know, one thing we've noticed in Marsh is the latest. The shiny new toys this year haven't been great. I tell yes. Nick we all we've talked about his struggles. Uh, he's been pretty pronounced. Uh, yeah. But there's been a lot of guys like that that really struggled. Marsh obviously is another one. Uh, and then uh, and then of course Bobby Witt Jr. never got the call, which is beguiling when you consider Montes had like ten games this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it, yep, yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of frustrating to watch there. You now people, you know, if you don't have Kelnick, you don't realize how much he struggled. You know, he's in 128 still. You know, it, it's really hard to hit 128 in the majors.
2: Yes. Showed a bit of signs of life last week. Yep. Um, he had a couple games, like he had a multi-hit game, he had a game with a hit and two walks. Uh last night he had a hit and a walk. So he's showing some signs of life, um, yeah. which I think which I think is fine. Um, I actually dropped him in a main event league. Uh, like not this past Sunday, the Sunday before. Okay. um, Which was not strategic to get him into the fab run with the post-trade deadline fab run, but that was like a bit of an added bonus that he would obviously occupy some people's attention. Um, And he ended up going for about 250. So somebody was really excited. It might even be 300. I think it was about 250. So I was really excited that we had dropped him. And in, in another league, I held on to him, just kind of where I had more space to hold on to him. So I don't really know what to do with Kelnick right now, but he is showing some signs of life. But overall, if you've drafted him, like I did in a couple of leagues, like it's already over. It's already been a bad pick.
1: Yep. Well, Tower wars for me. Yep. Uh, and I feel like I'm kind of just locked into using him, too.
2: In Tower wars? Absolutely. Just keep yeah. rolling him out there and hope that he figures it out. At this point, like, what are you going? You're basically would be replacing him with nobody. Yeah, you're just, uh, you're just be saying I don't want the the OBP drain. So I I would just take the OBP drain and hope that he figures it out at some point. That's right. Yeah.
1: Uh, before we uh, talk a little, Jesus Lizard, a quick note from our sponsors on the Blue Wire Network.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: And welcome back for those of you here on the pod. uh, We are talking all things baseball, Fred Zinke and I. I want to talk a little bit, Jesus, Lazardo and the Marlins. They got their, uh, uh, you know, they got Lizardo up. He got the win uh, morally more because the Marlins got on, uh, jumped on uh, Tyler McGill uh, pretty quickly last night. But are you interested in Lazardo now that he's back up and going?
2: In 15 team leagues? Yes, because he's a starting pitcher. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> in 12s it would depend on my pitching situation uh, I even have a 15 at least one fifteen team league where I wouldn't be interested in them, like my starting pitching is deep enough on my bench that I, I wouldn't bother my other 15s I probably would um, in a 12 uh, I would like to say that Lazardo is like Adele or Kelnick where he's a guy who could turn your season around if he actually got going mm-hmm. but <sighs> look at Lizardo's career stats, he's never really totally gotten going. Like, he's never had no. a season. Like, I, I, when I looked back at it, I thought I remembered him like a couple years ago being having a stretch where he was, re- and maybe he did have a little stretch where he was really good. But 2020, he threw 59 innings. His ERA is 412, his whips 127. Like, he's just a guy. He's a strikeout printing. He's fine. He's not, yeah. he's not killing you. But He's he's and I know he's. I'm being a little hard. He's he's 24 almost. He's no, he's 23. Almost, 23, so. almost 24. Yeah, 24 near the end of the season. And so, I mean, like long term, I thought that was a home run trade by the Marlins. I thought that was a terrific to get rid of Marte for a couple months and get a 23 year old starter left handed with his upside. I thought was a great trade who's control over for several years. Uh, that was a great trade, but as far as using him for the rest of the season, I don't mind picking him up because Miami's a great place to pitch and he's in the national league now. And so for that, those reasons I'd say I'm interested, right. but I'm, I would not be out there next week dropping, you know, 80 bucks, a hundred bucks. I would not be dropping like big time fab for him. I, I think,
1: I think you're probably right um i i think so i think so i mean i i still believe in the promise of him but mm-hmm. obviously something's off a little yep. bit and you know he got the win but his command wasn't great walked three over five innings he's walked 19 and 43 this year so you know something's been off all season long with him so and, and you feel like his triple a numbers are really bad too now granted the pcl is a really really tough place to pitch especially when you're trying to fix things so you know i i almost would be willing to discount the uh the triple a stats this year but the point is you know, yeah, he hasn't been that guy yet. So I, I hear you on that. Uh, let's stay stay on Marlon's talk. Floro got the save yesterday, mm-hmm. Looks, and Don Mattingly does tend to like one guy to be the closer. Could see it being him. Could be the next Brandon Kinsler at, at work here.
2: Yep, I, I totally possible. I mean, Floro's got an oh, not a not a good strikeout rate for a reliever. It's eight point three per nine right yeah. now. It's not hor- horrendous, but it's okay. Um but he's been good this year, 249 ERA, 122 whip. He hasn't been awesome, but he's been good. When you go back through his game lock, so I've had him almost the whole season in NL Tout. And he's pitched really well and then had like two, two or three like awful outings like where he doesn't even throw an inning and gives up like three or four or five runs. And that, that's, that's blown up his ratios. But overall, he's pitched really well. Like the last time he gave up an earned run was June 14th. That'll play. Right. Like even without a great strikeout rate, that'll play. I think he's, I really like Anthony Bender, but I understand that Anthony Bender is newer to the Marlins bullpen and younger and going through many years of arbitration. And maybe it's not a good idea to make him the closer. And I don't think Anthony Bass is really good. So I think Floro is like a nice mix for them. He's, he's 30 like he he's you know he, he's not so young that you're looking to really control him for a long time he's probably got but he's got a little more potential than bass maybe he closes really well for a couple of months and has some off-season trade value or you roll into next season with a cheap useful you know closer so yeah i i think he's really interesting um i did not have a lot of leagues where i could pick him up last week i don't know about you but i did on sunday night he was already owned in some of my leagues
1: yeah i don't, i have to double check on that you know i i, I Look, double look, look and see uh, who actually picked him up and all that. But I think, you you know, mm-hmm. he. I think he was actually available, but I have to double-check. And mm-hmm. I shouldn't probably... This is a live look uh, <laughs> right now about uh, looking at my uh, my leagues there to see where he's available. But in 12s, he might still be available.
2: Right. Yes, yes. Oh, 100%. And in, in some 12s, he's going to still be available and obviously needs to be added, like, right yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think he could have you know, better save potential. I, I feel like the Marlins are primed to win some low scoring games down the stretch. This is, might be analyzing it too closely, but they pitch pretty well. I know they're not totally healthy in the rotation, but Elliezer Hernandez will come back somewhere here in the next couple of weeks. Right. Contra, maybe Lazardo will be effective. Zach Thompson's been effective. They pitch well. For a bad team, they pitch well. They just don't hit well. Well that screams when they do win, it's going to be three to two, four to three, four to two, whatever. And that's some saves for Floro. So I think he could end up being more valuable than, than Finnegan or Clippard or some of these ones that people were chasing after.
1: Yeah. Floro went for a buck in one of my mains. Wow. Someone won a tiebreaker or a one-to-one race and the other main event, uh, not, I think he might be available still, which, okay. So there you go. I uh, guess guess we'll be putting, I'm going to put that placeholder bid in on them now so I can remember. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you ever do that? You look up a player and like, just so I don't forget, let's just go ahead and put a bid on him now. Just uh, oh. in-
2: all the time, all the time. Yeah. I yeah. just in one league, like I'll just pick a league that's going to be like, whether it's my main event league that week or whatever, but I'll I'll just try to find that player in one league and just put in a $1 bid just so that it's there on Sunday when I go in to really do my bids and I don't forget about him. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now this is a league where I picked up Cole Sulser. You know, I, I went ahead and did that again. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm set. I don't need another closer. Fred. I'm good. We got Seltzer. <laughs> I, I,
2: I also grabbed Sulser in at least one league. I'm not excited about him, but I do think he's an okay pitcher who has the chance to get some saves. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not against your Sulser move.
1: Yeah. I, I think though Sulser for more than one versus Floro for one, you know, Yes. Flor-
2: yeah. Yes. Yes. For sure. So- As of today, give me Floro back, but back on Sunday, I might've preferred Sulser. I, I, I might've. So like, this is how this rolls this time of year. All these teams have stripped their bullpens. Yeah. And if, if Anthony Bass comes out and gets a save tonight or tomorrow, we'll be like, Oh, forget Floro. Who are right. we on to next?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Uh Floro is 79% rostered in the main event uh just and, okay. and and 61% active too. So some people picked him up and still aren't using him because they didn't believe you know that's got to be annoying. You picked up Floro like, yeah, all right, I picked up Floro. Mm-hmm. I don't know, we'll see. Then you get to save the next day and he's on your bench You're like you might yep. have missed out on three saves this week that'd be super frustrating.
2: Yes, and yeah, if if you've added those guys, you have to decide how much do you need to just to mm-hmm. just scrounge for those saves and use them whether and if they get no saves and you kind of wasted a week on two strikeouts or three strikeouts and no saves, then so be it. But just depends how desperate you are. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. So let's, uh, I want to talk about uh, one other closer situation there, Kyle Finnegan, you know, we got him in a couple Mm -hmm. of of spots uh, and he's been good. He's picked up Mm -hmm. two saves, you know, and the rest of the bullpen blew leads without him. So, you know, giving him some more, I think, you know, he was actually my priority uh, closer wise going in the last week.
2: Me too. Yep, me too. And, and I think last night was perfect for him in that they tried to not use him because uh, yep. he had pitched uh, a couple days, three days actually. No, sorry. Three out of four. He pitched three out of four days going into last night. Um, so I get it. They backed off of him. Why Why not? You're the Nats. You're not competing. Um, but then the bullpen couldn't hold it. So now you're sitting there as the manager saying, well, I can't really turn away. F- if he's available, I got to use him. I don't want to go to the other guys. They couldn't do the job. So I think he's Pretty locked in. I may, I would probably prefer him to floral right now. Although I'm quite interested in floral, but I may prefer Finnegan just because he's already got a couple saves here. Just got a relief win his on August first. Like he's pretty dialed in. I think with that team right now.
1: So Brad Hand got traded in the morning. If you recall on thursday on Thursday, friends and family, I'm getting, I'm doing the show. Okay, I I see this come across. Okay, I'm going to pick up Wander Suero. I think he's got the first chance. Since then. He's pitched three times, including in that doubleheader on that 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 very day. Two runs allowed, two runs allowed, and then yeah, last night three runs allowed. Now I had oh. already dropped Swear. He was only active for one of those games, but yeah, that 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 ended that that ended poorly. Meanwhile, Gray from Rasball picked up Finnegan like seconds after, and I almost went and I almost went back to get Finnegan too, and then I think I messed around, and picked up somebody else in the interim, and missed out on my chance on Finnegan. So I handled that one perfectly and imper- perfectly and perfectly it was so bad
2: <laughs> yeah i mean we're all throwing darts right now at some yeah. of these guys and there's this they're just these moves that like sometimes right after they you're it's like well, that was brilliant of course i saw that that was brilliant and then sometimes right after you're thinking you know like if you grabbed anthony bender and right now you're thinking oh why did i do that why didn't i why didn't i see floral coming why did i grab bender um yeah, it's that that's just the way it will roll here for probably about 10 days. I'd say for about yeah. 10 more days and then some of those situations will start to really level out here in the, in the next 10 days. Yeah, that's right. Where the problem is is we're asking for teams who win rarely to smooth out their closer situation. And it the, these teams are like, "Wait, we only win t- we're only winning two or three games a week the rest of the time and they're not all going to be save chances." So, it's going to take us a while to right. work out this closer situation.
1: The only exception was the Rays. But they are the Rays, and we already know that they're not going to use one guy. Whistler got the save on Sunday night. It was kind of choppy, although one of the two hits he allowed was just a a little flare. It wasn't anything. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I don't think anybody expects him to be a full-time closer. Yet, there's such a reward if he is.
2: Yes, absolutely. That's always the catch-22 with that team. Um, I don't expect any of them to be a full-time closer either.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, one more uh, uh, commercial note before we move on and close up today's podcast. NFL, ba- NF- the NFL is back on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has over a hundred thousand dollars guaranteed for NFL Week One. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on, on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you claim your free Rotowire subscription: visit rotowire.com/slash Thrive deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a hundred hundred percent deposit bonus up to $100 play in your first paid contest and receive a free six month Rotowire subscription. That's all at thrive. Thanks to thrive for their sponsorship for this. Fred, did you see the comments from Jed Hoyer after the Cubs? Uh, you know, I think it was yesterday about all the Cubs players that, you know, they couldn't extend is trying to kind of carry the ownership water. Did you see that by any chance?
2: So I didn't, but I know that you never miss a chance to take a swipe at the Cubs and, and they and their management at group. management at any management group. Really? <laughs> uh, um, I did. I did see that he said it was his greatest source of frustration that he was unable to sign these guys.
1: Right. And he goes, yeah. if you look at, if and he, he said something effective, like this is going to be a mark, you know, you're, you're going to see that our, our offers were at the market level, et cetera, et cetera. I just, you know, especially because he was frustrated because I think a couple of the players said they didn't want to leave Chicago, but yet they didn't accept offers either to, to extend, you know, but one of them, you know, like one of the players was Chris Bryant and they screwed Chris Bryant over big time with the whole extra year, you know, and that's not in the, to the level where he filed a grievance and all that. Of course, he's not going to accept your offer to extend, especially if it's just market level.
2: Um, I guess so. I think the Cubs actually dodged a bullet with all these guys. I think that, I think that yeah. it, no matter what he says, I think that Jed Hoyer should be sitting there saying, great, perfect. Let's not sign these guys and let's move ahead without them because none of them are that like Bryant was on a tear at the start of the season. Mm -hmm. and then and then really tailed off he's had a bunch of injuries in the last few years and is getting close to 30 rizzle's on the wrong side of 30 and has a bad back and is still a decent hitter um like a solid hitter but not amazing and then Baez, like the horrible plate um discipline um i don't know how he's going to age like he could easily in a couple years turn into a guy with like a 270 on base percentage 280 on base percentage and yeah um I think that they dodged a bullet. So I wonder I, without getting into like me being in those negotiations, I say he could turn, actually I said, bias could turn into that. He had a two thirty eight on base percentage last year. So, yeah, so he's already been worse than that. But if I was the Cubs, like, I don't think you can break the bank on any of these guys. Like, like I, I, it's just a bad move. Like you're, you're, you're almost throwing money. You're throwing money after the memories and the like the offense isn't good with these guys in the middle of it. So, um, yeah I, I i'm i'm not a fan of cubs management at all uh so i'm not Cubs like, ownership
1: at least yeah sure. ownership
2: sorry so i'm not like defending them or anything but if i ran the cubs i would be very hesitant to tie myself to riz Bryant, or Baez, or especially two or three of them for what do you think they were looking for on contracts five years
1: yeah, I don't know. I, I don't years, know what the negotiations. I would be. Were.
2: I would be tentative. I'd be fine with tying myself to them because they have won a World Series. There, I'd tie them for two years, or th- or maybe three. But I would be very hesitant to tie myself to them for a long time.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I'll say though that the on the, the same thing about uh, Bryant though. You know, the, okay, he's almost thirty, but that's also because the Cubs manipulated his service yeah. time. Yeah, you know, and so. I, I it kind of goes both ways as far as that goes.
2: Oh, yeah. In the long run, and what's crazy – not crazy, but what, it's, it's almost funny looking at it, like at the looking at the Cubs right now, like they were so intent on delaying a service time. And then in the end, they, they didn't matter. probably yeah. even really care if they had them this year, and they didn't get much for them. And if the whole thing was moved up a year – it wouldn't have really mattered. So, you know, they were thinking this thing way down the road. I get it, but it didn't end up mattering at all. They probably overthought the situation right at the very beginning.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So I, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting there. And mm-hmm. I, I always take the, the, the player side on these things. I know that's not always right, but I just, I, think, I I, just
2: I get think your that, point. Yeah. I just think that those three specific players are like all traps on the free agent market next season. I would be very wary of signing them. If my favorite team signed them, I would be concerned. There was Bryant to the Blue Jays rumors uh, Mm -hmm. all season. I was not interested. I was like, this offense is good enough. We do not, Chris Bryant could help, but he might not help at all. Um, Right. Yeah. I was, if the Jays traded Randall Gritchick for him, who hasn't actually been that good since he got off to a hot start, he's just been okay. Like, I don't know. I would have thought about that just to get rid of Gritchick's contract. But um, Anyways, I, I yeah, I, I just I just think all those guys are off season traps. When the list of available free agents come out, my eyes will skip past all of them, those three guys, and try to find some other guys who I think will be better deals.
1: Certainly, like with all the other shortstops out there, Baez is definitely not the first guy you think of. You know, it's no. it's Seager, it's Story. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's plenty. Of, there's gonna be a lot of shortstops out on the market. I, I'd actually prefer uh, Marcus Semien over Baez.
2: Yes. Uh, oh yeah, me too. So, yeah, I would, I would not, I would have almost no interest in signing Baez to any any sort of massive contract if I was a GM. He just, because he gets on base so infrequently, like he's so dependent on his plate skills to get, you know, to provide all of his offense. If those go down a little bit, like it's not, it may not be a graceful aging for him. You take someone like Andrew McCutcheon, who just went on the IL um, yesterday. you know, he knows how to draw a walk. So he's had some ups and downs as he's been getting older and like, he's getting older and he's had knee injuries and things like that, but he can still get on base. So he can still do some things and his powers back up a little bit this year by I don't know. I think it could be ugly. Yeah. At at some point, I think he could just go off a cliff at some point where he can't hit for average anymore. And he's never been able to draw a walk and his OVP super low. And if your OVP super low. You're like, they can't, your team can't keep running you out there.
1: Yeah. I think they're right. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Last guy I want to talk about uh, is Jacob DeGrom, Phil DeSalt. He's really smart fantasy player. He's leading the main event overall. He dropped Jacob DeGrom in his main event league.
2: Wow. Wow. I'm impressed. I believe he explained himself on Twitter saying that he's only expecting four or five more starts from DeGrom this year. Who knows how long those starts will be, at least the initial ones. And he just wanted to use the roster spot, and he did not want to wait around for like you know four weeks or so, hopefully of having Degrom in his lineup, right? I could, I don't know if I could bring myself to do that. Like the 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 counterpoint to that is maybe you get five starts with a total of five earned runs and three or four wins, you know, if if it, like from Degrom and a and a great strikeout rate and everything else. Like this guy, when healthy, is the best fantasy baseball. Asset to have, so yeah. I don't know. I I don't question Phil because he's so good at playing this game. So I'm not going to question him. But I don't think I could. I don't have Degrom in any league where I could drop. Him. I just have him in a draft and hold. So, so I don't have to make that decision. Could you drop him?
1: So here's the thing. He had a setback. Mm-hmm. Went underwent an MRI on Friday. Said right forearm inflammation. He's not even going to throw for two weeks.
2: So yeah, you are probably depth. looking at four to five starts, tops.
1: Tops. I now those could be awesome stops awesome starts uh-huh. or he could have another setback you know and uh-huh. you know the mets are in a weird place they've got like a whole slew of dodgers and giants games coming up too uh-huh. uh that so we could be looking at a team that you know is hanging on for dear life trying and they, they've been kind of just that way all season long i don't know it might be you know the, 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 you know i i kind of feel like it's they're, they're in a tough spot here because you know, I know they they added Baez. They tried to kind of add at the deadline, but they might be faltering in this race. I can see why the Phillies were trying to yep. be buyers, um, and you know, the Braves, you know, the Braves too, and the Braves. You know, the Braves they've lost so many different players: Acuna, Azuna, uh, Darno. They, they they thought they were going to get Soroka back. That didn't happen. They've mm-hmm. you know, and yet they turn around and they're still trying to retool their outfield on the fly. They add Richard Rodriguez. They're not giving up.
2: Yeah, they, like they added an entire outfield. Like I, I don't know. I think, and this would be classic Mets if they if they somehow. I mean, they're rolling. They're winning the division. Degrom yeah. is competing for MVP. Like that's basically the Mets at the All Star break. And now we don't know when we're getting Degrom back. These other teams have been really aggressive at the or fairly aggressive at the trade deadline. They're coming after us. It's multiple mm-hmm. teams. It's not just one. So it's two teams. So there's better chance one of them gets hot. Like you said, the Mets have a hard schedule coming up. I, I think it all sets up for an exciting finish. The Mets' offense has underachieved all season. It, that, their offense needs to pick them up right now. Like, they pitched their way into first place. Yep, I, I, I agree. A couple, I don't know exactly where they are today, but a couple of weeks ago, they were something around second last in the majors and runs scored. Like, they're, they're – Peter uh, Pete Alonso has picked it up, hit 10 homers in July. Um, but they need more guys. Dominic Smith's picked it up a bit, but Lindor's out. Their offense has
1: been awful, terrible.
2: Awful. He got dropped in a 15 team league that yeah. I'm in. Uh, I benched
1: him and, in a league finally. I mean, it took me a long time so, yeah. to do it. But.
2: So when he got dropped, like my eyes immediately went to like how much money do I have left? Like, can I can I get this guy next week? And then the more I looked at him, I thought, I don't know. I don't know if I want to get him next week. Yeah, I might just let. I might just put in. In all honesty, I trap trap. Yep, and I might put in a competitive. I might do the competitive bid thing. Just pricing for us, I'll throw 20, 15 at him just to make sure nobody gets Michael Conforto for three dollars. And but I'd be totally happy for someone else to spend a hundred on him.
1: Only the Pirates have scored fewer runs per game than the Mets in yeah. the National yeah. League this year. That that's yeah. just, and they they now have a, a negative run differential. Uh, okay. boy, the NL East, it's just a collection of disappointments, or or, or bad yes. luck, or whatever you want to no, how you want to phrase it. You're
2: it. right; it's disappointments. I thought that division. I didn't like the Nats going into the year, but I thought the Marlins would be like sneaky okay. I thought the Braves would be really good. I thought mm-hmm. the Mets would be pretty good. And I thought the Phillies would be pretty good. And it's been a it's a division of disappointments. You're right. All five. Maybe not the Mets. There may be a round expectation. All of things might spiral downhill. But the other four, I think all have a worse record at this point than people were hoping for.
1: At the start of the podcast, I asked for questions. We got a couple. So let's hit them real quick. Uh, C. Bowman asks, you're at the top of the standings in a redraft league. Would you trade Tatis for 60% value, like a Tim Anderson type? That's not 60%. That's like 90%. But <laughs> uh, right now, or hold on and hope for the best. This is a trap question because I got it wrong earlier. I was like, trade Tatis. He may not even run. Uh, he ran. He was fine. <laughs> uh, but he did get hurt again. I was right about that. Um, what say you now, Fred?
2: Oh, I, okay. So the trick with Tatis is he's going to miss some time. There's, there's less and less time remaining in the season than there was when he missed, was going to miss some time in April. So now you're even more likely, especially if you're at the top of the standings. Oh, if you could trade Tatis right now for Tim Anderson and you're in first place in your league, I think you'd have to take it, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, like, I, like, I would. You,
2: could get, you could get nothing from Tatis the rest of the way and it could cost you your league.
1: Yeah. And, the, the, and we don't know that might not even be an offer on the table. It might be just a spitballing idea there. And they, that Anderson owner is like, nah, nah, bro. Um, not yes, do that.
2: totally. I don't think the Anderson owner will, will go for it, but if they will, yeah, that's exactly, that's So that's exactly the type of move that you should be hunting around for. If you have Tatis and because of him or partially because of him, you're up really high in your league. I think, then that's the type of move you, you have to look for right now to, to kind of protect yourself. Again, you have to look at your categories. The other thing is, is if you have Tatis, I could write a whole article on this, but f- he does everything. But figure out mm-hmm. what you're missing, going to miss the most from him, whether it's the power or the speed, and right. get that guy. Like if and but Tim Anderson's a fairly balanced guy. Get that guy.
1: guy. There's no speed out there. That's the thing. That's, well, no, you'd have to the, trade for it. So that's maybe the you trade him. yeah, yes.
2: Yeah. So whether you trade him though for, I don't think you can get Whit Merrifield for him right now. Maybe you can. I don't know if you can get Starling Marte for him right now. They're kind of in that Tim Anderson range. So like, if you needed the speed aspect of him, if that was your tight race, then go for those guys. If you need the power aspect of him, maybe you trade him for Pete Alonso because you're like, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm in a big gap in steals. You know, I'll, I'll take the batting average hit and just get Alonso, who will probably hit as many. Even if Tatis was healthy, he would probably hit as many home runs as Tatis the rest of the way. So, I think that's the thing: find out what you what you can't afford to lose from Tatis, and find a guy who gives you that, and then trade for it. Uh, but I, I I have Tatis in tote NL, and I think how soon he comes back will probably decide whether I can hang on and win that league or not. I think that's right. There's nothing I can do about it.
1: Yeah. Uh, the uncle asked, Patino or not Patino? He said Patina, but I think he means Luis Patino.
2: I'm, I'm a yes on Patino. I've always been intrigued by him partially because the, the legacy of Ray's pitching and he has talent. So I'm interested in Patino and I have no shares and I'm disappointed about that.
1: Yeah. I I, I don't have them anywhere either. Uh, Rays have already won that trade, by the way, uh, with uh, Mm -hmm. the, the Blake Snell deal. Yes. It's pretty wild. Yes. How that one's worked out. Yeah. Um, Finally, thoughts on Nestor Cortez and the possibility of him staying on the staff. He's starting for Cole. Uh, he went through his own COVID issue. What are your thoughts on Nestor Cortez?
2: Um, I would be a little interested if he did stay on the staff um, but I don't think he pro- I, I don't think he will, especially since they just picked up uh, Andrew Haney. So I don't know if I don't know if he will. Oh, say what, and what there. a
1: great ad that was.
2: It would definitely. So, yeah, I, I wondered if Andrew Haney was like the, the Angels Trojan horse, send him in and knock the Yankees out of playoff contention. Like the Angels were like, OK, our chances are slim. How can we increase them? Let's take Haney and send him to one of the contending one of the teams we would have to leapfrog right. and see if right. he can drag them down. OK, well, we'll at least catch the Yankees now. Uh, but anyways, Haney's going to start. He's in the rotation. Like it or not, he's in the rotation. It's just another tease with him. I've been sucked in over the years once in a while. I won't say never again because I'll probably get sucked in again. Great strikeout rate. Sometimes he puts it all together for a little while, then he always either stinks or gets hurt. Yeah. Or both.
1: Yeah. Seems about the right construction. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for the questions. If we didn't get to it, apologize for that. But uh, we hit a bunch of them here. I have to get on to XM. Appreciate everybody uh, for uh, tuning in, as always. I uh, really appreciate the uh, interaction we have. Uh, thanks to WinBet for sponsoring us. We got the Prospect podcast tomorrow, uh, and uh, guest to be named later for Thursday. Uh, so looking forward to that. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why?